0: How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Scores! Here is Golagoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy.
1: 2 for it, shoot
0: for it. Uh, kind of like it. Richard puts it in front, Carter. Scores! Well done, boy. Here's some swagger. Push come to show, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to another Thanksgiving Podcast. As usual, I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. Great job to the Kings losing every game that they have played this week. Amazing work.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, last week we were just like, we, were, we ended on a high note being like, oh, well, you know, the Kings won every game that they've played. How delightful. Hopefully we can talk about more wins. How dare we jinx the Kings like that at ourselves? Yeah. Because <laughs> then they promptly lost everything.
0: It was... I mean, last week, too, because they had only had the one game on the road, kind of, against um, Arizona, I was like, well, you know, it's just one game. Surely they'll put together some wins. No, they are zero for four so far. They have <laughs> one more opportunity, and it's against Dallas, who... They did beat really handily in one game last season, but then a team that gave them trouble in the other two games that they played. So who knows how that'll go.
1: Um, at least they didn't give Carolina their first
0: win. That's true. That is a plus. The Coyotes beat them to it, which I was grateful for.
1: And I love that it was the Coyotes, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. way to be shitty. <laughs> um. So, okay, so the Kings record now is 6-4-2. They have 14 points they have dropped to fifth in the Pacific, which just, you know, is a sign that it's still really early because they were so high um, just a few days ago. Points leader Tyler Toffoli with 14 points. He has six goals and eight assists. Taylor Pearson still has the most goals on the team with seven. I, until the Kings played the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tyler Toffoli was only one point behind um, for most points in the NHL. He would have been tied with like Sidney Crosby and Tyler Sagan and that would have been amazing, but of course it did not happen.
1: Um, but what he is leading the league in is uh, shorthanded goals with True. three of them. Three of his goals shorthanded—that is absurd.
0: I adore Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> I'm so excited. You know about what? Him. Ditto.
1: <laughs> I adore him as well.
0: I love watching the work that he does out there. Like he's just—I mean—and it's not anything new. Like at, by this point, we've all heard it over and over again, and now we've just had all of these opportunities to see how well he puts himself in a position to take a shot and score. And I i mean, you know, like they're not going to score every game or he's not and but whenever he does, it's awesome and amazing. The 70s line actually, even though they've sort of cooled down on gaining points for the team, they're still some of the top possession guys for the Kings. Which is kind of saying a lot, since for some reason this team has not been able to measure up to the identity that they have at this point as a premier possession team. I don't know what's up with that. They are below 50% right now. I I don't know. Is it? Does it worry you at all?
1: Um, I don't think it worries me, although I guess you can't really say, oh, it's the beginning of the season. They're still working some kinks out. It. I mean, it is the beginning of the season, but they've already had some time. I don't know. There's been a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know shifting lines around now there's suspension which we'll talk about later but i don't know they just need to get it together because it is infuriating and it'd be one thing if as like a kings fan you weren't used to it you're like okay so we're not a top possession team we'll win games some other way but i want them to be better at possession because that's what they're known for
0: i tried to compare it to the last couple seasons just to see and last year Um, It was weird because like, you know, I went and looked back and people were worried about their consistency around this time, but actually at least through 10 games, they had gone, I think, eight and four. Um, And they had a decent, you know, possession numbers. So they were looking really good. Like last season, they just had to sort of get figure out the penalty kill power play situation they were still struggling a little bit there and then of course throughout the season they kept taking penalties but whatever um and then the season before that the shortened season at this point they were five five and two so they were five five and two through 12 games technically their record is actually better now but in that shortened season they also had like a 58 or something percentage in courses so i think that for kings fans who pay attention to those numbers is probably the only thing that would be kind of worrisome is the fact that, okay, they're not winning all the time, but they're also not playing like we're used to seeing. And I do think, like you said, some of that is injury and some guys being out and having to readjust constantly. So I'm I'm excited to see if that turns around because I think right now, because it is still 12 games in and there's a lot of time for stuff to change, it's mostly just confusing.
1: Yeah, so hopefully this is just a blip in the radar. Something that we'll all laugh about later in the season. Um, But right now it is... I don't know. It's one thing because it's all just, like, compounded into this one road trip. They've just been really shitty during this road trip. It's one thing for there to be, uh, you know, a couple really bad games here or there. We'll complain about it and get over it. But this has just been, like, an onslaught.
0: And it's been, like, a, a weird mix of what people would consider, I guess, typical Kings problems. Because actually, like, in the game that they played against Pittsburgh, they played really well, with the exception of maybe the first couple of minutes. But for the most part, they dominated them in possession, actually, in that game. But they didn't score any goals. So And they took uh, a million penalties, Against a team that has the top power play, right? Yeah, and the last by, time, like by miles, right? Yeah, and last season, the last time they they did win against them, remember they took like seven penalties or something as well. But Martin Jones like stood on his head and didn't let anything through on uh, the PK um, in that game. And of course, they were like, oh, let's go play the same game, pretty much. Or I don't know if that that's what they wanted. They should have wanted to clean up the penalties, but they really didn't. Um, and this time, Pittsburgh scored on two of them, and then they had, like, one even-strength goal. But other than that, the Kings had played really well, and yet still, even if they had only allowed that even-strength goal, they would have lost that game one nothing. So it's, it's just kind of confusing. And then you have a game like today where actually they got kind of cleaned out for most of the game in possession by the Carolina Hurricanes, and they got players back from injury. It's kind of weird.
1: Good players, too. So maybe it is just, like, an ironing-out-the-Kinks sort of, uh, like conditioning the team back to their old former glory this is what i'm hoping i am just throwing it out there and hoping that this is the case
0: that's what i hope as well i mean i'm not panicked right now i'm like i said i'm mostly just kind of like huh why is this going on but anyway i guess we will try to focus a little more on positive things the players they did get back Two really really important ones in the Carolina game: Andre Kopitar and Marion Gabrick, both back in the lineup. Andre Kopitar actually looked great at that and and Gabryk too. He didn't play as much time, but like that top line of Gabrick, Kopitar, and Williams performed really well in this um, game against the Hurricanes when the rest of the team mostly didn't. Um, they both are all, all three of them came out positive in possession, which is great considering again it was the first game back for two of those guys.
1: Um, I can't believe you said two very important people and just completely left out Trevor Lewis.
0: Well, I met for this particular game. He came back one game before them. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't forget about him.
1: I was going to be offended uh, for you slighting him, but all right. (laughs)
0: I'm always thinking of Trevor Lewis, um, and actually to give him like some some genuine props. Like he came back um, in the game against Detroit, another one that they didn't play really well in, in particularly of course in that onslaught of goals in the first period, two of which again were scored on the power play by the Red Wings. He came out looking like super ready though. He was hitting people. He you know was trying to get that speed going again, and he got an assist on Alec Martinez's goal. And so I am really excited for Trevor Lewis. I hope. I didn't pay as much attention to him in tonight's game because I was mostly just kind of confused about the Kings overall losing to Carolina, but he did look good to me in that first game.
1: Yeah, and speaking of this Carolina game, uh, Mike Richards with
0: a strange
1: goal but i'll take it like falling down and sort of just like a weird twist sort of thing um (laughs) to to thankfully not give cam ward another shout out so thank you mike richards for starting that train rolling in the king's Mm -hmm. scoring goals but i'm glad that it's not like a crazy long you know drought before he has scored
0: i i have to be honest like i mean i think it's pretty i kind of question saying Mike Richards' play is underrated a couple podcasts ago, but it might be right now. His possession numbers are still really good, and technically he's only scored two goals, but for the number of shots that he's taken – he right now has a shooting percentage of like 12%, or a little over 12% or something, which is high. So I, Mike returns best shape of his life, apparently he might have been telling the he truth. He is
1: just right behind uh, that 70s line, which is their shooting percentage is still ridiculous. Tanner Pearson is still at like <laughs> yeah. a 30% shooting percentage. Uh, Tyler Foley at like 21.4 and Jeff Carter at 19.2. Like, are you kidding me? Like this was supposed to like, like it was yeah. funny before because it's like, oh, someone has taken two shots and scored one goal, so they're at like a fifty percent there've been there' right. like there's been twelve games. this should have you know petered out just a little bit more, right, but it's still kind of crazy
0: right it's apparently it would still take a few more games for them to really sort of find any sort of normalcy they've they've outperformed everybody so much so far. It's kind of amazing. Um, and that's why, like, the production of that line and also the play of the goaltenders so far, you know, up until the last couple of games. Um, and even still, like, I don't think Quick or Martin Jones have had horrible games, but up until now, the performance of that line and the goalies has made the Kings, they still have like a PDO over 100, not like crazy over but it's at like 101 or something like that so it's weird to be like I don't know, they're playing kind of kind of messy but then also look like apparently they've been very lucky as well which is not untrue, they definitely have won some games they shouldn't have, like that game against St. Louis they should have been slaughtered <laughs> and they weren't.
1: Yeah, that's very true
0: but I guess things might be catching up a little quickly Because the Kings are already now towards the bottom in goals per game, (laughs) the story that we are used to. And they're okay, so uh, I guess average in the league is around 8% for a shooting percentage. Um, And the Kings are at uh, 6.88 right now. Um, So they're already dropping below average. They have 2.25 goals per game through 12 games. That's good for 26th in the league. Just below them, The Hurricanes, but interestingly, so they have 27 total goals, and that's crazy. I mean, it's actually not surprising because we're used to the Kings not shooting and scoring as much as other teams. But I guess for a little bit of perspective on how bizarre the start of the season has been for some teams, the team that is right, well, it's they're listed right above the Kings, but they have the same numbers, 27 total goals through through I think 11 games is why they're a little higher. Um, The Chicago Blackhawks also. They're twenty ranked twenty fifth with two point two five goals per game so far. So it's a weird time, not just for the Los Angeles Kings.
1: But for the Blackhawks as well, which they might not be comfortable with that because us as Kings fan, we're like kings fans were like oh really shitty goals per game it's nice and cozy down here where we're used to right, whereas yeah. blackhawks <laughs> fans might be like this is new and not something that i have been in before
0: kings fans are like i don't necessarily want to be back here but it's comfortable all my furniture is where i left it it's you know it's home
1: it's like in the um, bike but- really shittily <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: yeah and I think Montreal is also, like, just above the Blackhawks as well. So it's strange. I I think, again, though, like, for the Blackhawks, they have actually had really good possession numbers. So theirs is actually a lot more like what we're used to from the Kings, where it's like, well, they're outplaying teams, but they're losing. Um, and for the Kings, it's mostly just, like, they're kind of, they're playing kind of not great, a slightly subpar, and... They're okay. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange time, but I think, you know, when you look at other teams as well, it's like it's not the only team that there's some weirdness for. I mean, right now the Nashville Predators are leading the Central Division, and who thinks that they're a real contender? Their PDO is like 103 or 104.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much insane. That's how you, that's how you know things aren't right in the league is when the Nashville Predators are leading the Central Division. Sorry, sorry Nashville fans. Right.
0: No, I mean, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys will do better this season. I think they've looked really interesting and creative so far, but nobody thought they were going to be leading the division. And annoyingly, of course, the Ducks at the top in the Pacific, because that's what they do. The
1: Ducks are annoying. I thought it was hilarious that uh, Gibson got injured though, like immediately during warmups, and then had. Oh yeah. And then uh, Anderson have, had like, to be, or Anderson had to play, or no, LaBarbera had to play. Sorry.
0: And then they needed like another guy on standby, just yep, in Yep. And so it was
1: Dwayne Rolison just like hanging out <laughs> on the bench, fingers crossed, being like, "Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. For the love of God, stay healthy, so that he didn't have to go out there."
0: Yeah, they've had some weird goalie issues. But yet they still win games. So I don't know. They're, they're a baffling team for like the complete opposite reason. Uh, because it seems like no matter what, they just win a lot. Oh, there was something else I want to say about Mike Richards. He has been very good, right? But one thing I don't want to take away from is that he is not immune to the penalty problem. And the Kings in general take way too many stick penalties. But weirdly, like Mike Richards has taken more offensive zone penalties in the last like two or three games than Jared Stoll. Which is... Impressive. Once again,
1: another indication that this is very early in the season. And all of that will balance (laughs) out, and all will go, like, all will be right in the world again when Jarrett Stoll leads
0: in uh, that particular terrible metric. Jared still managed to talk himself out I of getting that. a penalty, which was amazing. I, mean, I guess that's work. one
1: way to do it. Like I would personally be like, oh, hey, how about you just not take so many um, offensive zone penalties? But if your flip side is, how about I just take them anyway, but um, become some sort of weird snake charmer and uh, <laughs> develop skills to just, you know, talk my way out of it. I mean, I guess that's
0: one method. It, m- it makes me think of uh, Clueless when she talks about like her grades and her dad so teaching my- her never to take... The, the first offer. that's Jared Stoll,
1: he, and he learned it. He learned <laughs> it from Talk About Lewis. this He just kept rewinding and being like, "Okay, yeah.
0: so this is how it goes." All right, got this. Let me just let's talk through it, see where we come out. And he won that argument, so good job to Jared Stoll for that. He has been actually pretty baffling too so far because there will be moments where he's on a line with like Brown or Brown and King or like Brown and Williams, and they will look pretty good. And then sometimes they'll just look a hot mess. Like there, I forget which game it was, but there was one. Game Game where when he was on the ice with Brown and Williams, his numbers were really good, or you know, he looked good, and then he was also at times double shifting on the fourth line. It must have been the game where they had um, less players, a Philly game. Anyway, so when he, the times when he was on the fourth line, trash. And I mean, granted, those guys have been very like not good when it comes to possession and stuff but still it was kind of amazing like how difference did it or how big the difference was just switching from one line to another and not even like top line to bottom line it was third line yeah it's line. it's
1: like uh like a gradient like not a big variation in things but uh a drastic difference in the way he played yeah
0: and i mean you know justin williams of course is one of the best guys you could ask for to have in you know and be able to boost your possession numbers but it was still just like so stark and weird to me so I'm, i hope he evens out a little bit and gets consistently better i don't know <laughs> i don't even know what to say
1: <laughs> i think it, like just everything about the kings right now is baffling
0: yeah both, true. both like
1: the good and the bad like we were like oh damn a six game homestand win cool that 70s line on fire that's weird but awesome And then everything shitty that we have just talked about, too. So it's just all confusing and not what we're used to. It's like a whole different team.
0: So yeah, they did play that one game shorthanded. And actually, that's another thing that's weird is like they played... With a shortened bench, and they managed to still get a point. And actually, for two periods, they played really well. The first period was a mess, but whatever. So we got to see everybody thought it was going to be Jordan Wheel. And then, like, later the Kings talked about how they were going to try to bring up Jordan Wheel, but because of cap reasons and Jordan Wheel has bonuses, he couldn't come. So instead, David Vandergulik gets the call, a name I never thought I would actually see in a Kings jersey. He was inconsequential. But it, it was just like, kind of this moment for me of like, but we were so close <laughs> to Jordan Wheel. One I just day, want him to get a shot.
1: <laughs> one day we'll get that. But in the meantime, it's Vander Gulick.
0: <laughs> Since then, he has apparently been playing really well still. So I'm sure that impresses Lombardi because I always like guys who just sort of like don't get mentally rattled by things like that. Um, they like their little mind games a little bit. And so he seems to be passing, so eventually, eventually when Kings have a little more wiggle room with the cab and whatnot, we'll see Jordan Wheel. Hopefully. He'll get his chance.
1: Oh, and I'd like to also say, um, kind of going back to the Flyers game, how much did I love um, Hot? our favorite hothead, Jonathan Quick. Oh, yeah! Um, Getting a 10-minute misconduct for, you know, being a pain in everyone's butt. That Phenomenal. was
0: amazing. Always All good. He, he's just... He's so angry all the time. He was furious about that in a way that was kind of like usually after games, they're like, whatever, it was like fluky and it happened or um, like with that Detroit goal thing that I don't remember a lot of Kings like Daryl Sutter, I think, and Dean Lombardi were a little more upset about it. and were like, that was like, clearly unfair. But the players were kind of like, whatever it was, game move on. Quick was like adamant. He was like, no, I was pushed. I was pushed and, you know, kind of implied that they are not consistent with the calling on that kind of thing, and was genuinely upset. And nobody was on his side, I guess. So
1: (laughs) Everyone at that point had had enough of his shit, and was just like, alright, here's ten minutes. Now shut, shut
0: your hole. Be quiet. Move on. And then there were more shenanigans in the next game, not from Jonathan Quick, because he didn't play, but he was on the bench. Martin Jones was in goal, but... Justin Williams and Yevgeny Malkin. Shenanigans all night long, which were totally unexpected to me.
1: Yeah, I don't expect that at all. Like, I know that Justin Williams has fought before, and, you know, he can be a little testy, but I don't really ever see him as a person to, like, constantly be battling or constantly be, you know, picking on someone. Or I don't think, not picking on, picking at someone, because, like, it was pretty evenly, uh, like, them tripping each other. So that was quite
0: interesting to see them have... A little, a little scrap. And Evgeny Malkin, like, he is someone who is notorious for getting agitated fairly easily, and you can sort of bait him into taking a penalty or whatever. But even if the Kings had in any way scouted that and been like, all right, we need somebody who's going to irritate Malkin all night. I don't, th- I it's weird to imagine that that could have been Justin Williams like purposefully. So then I'm wondering what was said to get this started organically, because apparently they were like cursing at each other all night and then You know, both each one of them, I guess, asked the other one if he wanted to go. And then finally they did. And then afterwards, when they were going to the penalty box, um, Mish, Hockey Mish, who is a Pittsburgh fan and also um, a hilarious Jonathan Quick appreciator, (laughs) um, tweeted that on the way to the box, Malkin said, let's go again. And then they did kind of like get in a little bit of a scrum. And I was just like, this is so unexpected, but also kind of amazing for that reason.
1: I am so behind like miking up players because i'm like i want to know what was said me too so badly i'm nosy i need to know
0: yeah i wanted every single word and of course afterwards both of them kind of played it off and even malkin was like no it wasn't a fight it was just emotion it was a fight kind of i mean it wasn't a fight in the sense that it didn't go for very long (laughs) but that's what it was intended to be yeah for serious the detroit game was frustrating like the kings it was weird for like the first couple shift it looked like oh they might have a good start and then that was not the case really at all <laughs> very shortly after that they took an early penalty power play goal they there was an even strength goal score then they took another penalty another power play goal then there was another even strength goal and they were down for nothing at the end of the first period, um, they started to look like maybe they were going to get it together and try to make something out of it. Martinez scored, and he was the first defenseman to score. Tofoley had his third shorthanded goal. And the thing, though, that didn't turn into goal but was an interesting opportunity was Dustin Brown had a penalty shot. And it it didn't go in or anything, but it made me think about the fact that, like, Dustin Brown is another player who hasn't been perfect, but has looked like, you know, he's trying to, similarly to Mike Richards, sort of recover from the season he had before, but he has not had the shooting luck yet.
1: Yeah, but eventually, you know, I'm sure he'll get there. Every, like, everyone seems to be bouncing back, despite the weirdness of the team, so it's just going to take a little bit more time with uh, Dustin Brown. Although, that penalty shot would have been nice.
0: It would have been. It would have been really cool. Um, the Kings, I guess, historically don't do very well on penalty shots, yeah. but it would have been cool.
1: Yeah, I was I was so furious that, uh, for the Detroit game, that it was Nyquist like, both times for the power play goals. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm already furious that, you know, the they scored four goals in the first period, or the the Red Wings did. Um, but for whatever reason, I just don't like it when it's the same player doing the same
0: thing, essentially. And that's how it was for the whole night, because the other two goals were both from Datsuk. Yeah, so, like, get it together. I felt bad. There were a couple times, actually, in the last few games where I felt really bad for Jake Muzzin, because, like, Datsuk's first goal was a deflection. Like, it hit him and then went past quick. Um, Like, it it wasn't even, like, Datsu could really take in a shot. I think he was trying to pass it. But it goes into the net, as can happen. And then there was... I. I think it was in the Pittsburgh game, like at the end of the first period, where he had had like a pretty good period. And then a turnover happened. And he tried to like go back to do something about it and then immediately fell and just like sprawled out on the ice a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and I just felt so badly for him. Um Because actually, Jake Musson has played really well through the five games that he's played so far. He has the best uh Corsi relative on the team already. And he's averaging 21 minutes a night right now, which is less than Dowdy, who's averaging about 27. But still, Jake Muzzin shows up and he's uh, like, all right, I'm ready to go, and is doing really well, with the exception of, of course, those moments where it's like, the thing that we ended up, you know, hashtagging Damn it, Muzzin for is those moments where suddenly he stands out, and he, but it's because he's in the wrong place.
1: Yeah, I kind of like was begrudging about that Damn it, Muzzin, because while that was pretty egregious, it was like, well, you fell. Like, there's nothing really you can say about that one it wasn't just like a horrible play
0: yeah i mean overall i have no complaints about buzz and i think him and dowdy obviously are the most consistent um defensive players that we have on the kings right now so i don't have that many complaints about them i would like everybody else to step up alec martinez has been pretty good but um a little inconsistent though he has been kind of moved around a bit with the injuries and whatnot so but um other defensemen like Regeer and Green both have like terrible possession numbers so far and, or relative to teammates, I mean, and uh, McNabb is kind of coming out even and I think it'll be interesting to see how that changes in the next couple games because of course I think some of that is a little buoyed by the fact that he had played some pretty significant minutes with Dowdy at first so uh, defense needs to clean it up but one of the guys who aren't a problem is actually Jake Buzzin. Ah, Jake Muzzin, I've missed those eyebrows. Well, they're back now, and sooner or later, he's going to score a goal, too. Actually, I guess it's not that surprising that Martinez has, or was the first person to score a goal for the Kings, because he is, of the defensemen, taking the most shots. So I think Dowdy is a little bit below him, and then Muzzin will probably catch up, but of course, he's played way less games. So I think it's coming along. They'll get there. It's just a little slow going
1: this time yeah. around.
0: What are the games that are coming up? Are there any games for the Kings that you're looking forward to? Uh-huh. Let me take a... Actually, guess. while we're thinking about that, what do you think the odds are that they could actually win in Dallas?
1: Oh, I don't know. See, this is one of those things where um, we, along with, I feel like, everyone else, um, kind of like the stars quite a bit, especially with what Sagan and uh, and Ben are doing, and then Spetsa as well, so like, on any other, I think we talked about this in a different podcast, during any other time, we're kind of rooting for the kings, but, or, rooting for the stars, but against the kings, obviously. We're rooting for the kings. Um, I'm not sure if they can.
0: I think is <laughs> It's my the, long way of saying that. The stars have been pretty decent, I believe, um, at uh, dictating play in games. I think they have actually a similar problem to the Kings right now. and I mean, the Kings have a better defensive core, I think, but both have had inconsistency with their defensemen so far. So, But the Stars' offense is better. So I kind of think the odds are a little bit stacked against the Kings going into this, especially because I'm sure their confidence isn't at its highest right now. But... Uh, I would like to see them turn it around. I don't know. I mean, I, that's the thing with not really knowing why they're not playing their game very much lately, but um, I feel like if they figure out how to turn it on, they have a great shot.
1: I hope that they do, because uh, I, I just do not want for like the, their first road trip to be a, a losing one. Like, not they even a single zero one. For five. Yeah. <laughs> no, please, please don't let that happen. Like, we always joked, like, oh, you know, we're all high on the kings right now, but then you know, they'll go on an eight-game losing streak and we'll hate them again. Yeah. I think that time is now. And I don't like it. I don't want them to lose every single game on this road trip.
0: Yeah, we've already reached that point, at least on like Twitter, where after the games there are people who are like, oh, the Kings suck, everything's terrible, and then other people who are like, guys, it's only November, and we shouldn't complain, and then the people who then turn around are like, whatever, but... Still, they suck. And here are the problems with like, there's just so much, so much like noise and people trying to rationalize it and then rationalize why they shouldn't feel bad. And I'm like, it's okay, guys, like, they suck right now. It's cool to say that. (laughs) And hopefully, and we can all just admit that we don't want them to continue to suck. I think that's fine. But uh, it's kind of early to see Kings fans be in this place already. Um, So I would like them to win some games now.
1: Yeah, I feel like I saw someone be like, okay, well, that's it for the Kings this season. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, (laughs) it just became November. (laughs) It has been a month. What do you mean it's done for the Kings for the season? Everyone dial it back.
0: (laughs) They've got a lot of opportunity to get it together. Uh, But at the same time, it's like not incorrect if you're like, I'm annoyed about the fact that they've only managed to gain one point on this trip.
1: Oh, I don't like it when you put it in that way. (laughs) Well, it's the truth. (laughs) It's like, here we were talking about, like, oh, cool goals, and, like, a shorthanded goal, and, oh, that's fine. Like, they lost, but, you know, this was good, this was okay, whatever, this can be fixed. But when you say they want, (laughs) they have gained a single point, that's extremely depressing.
0: That's all I've got. They couldn't, I think, if anything, for me, like, I'm not worried about them long term again, unless it seems like the possession stuff lasts. But for me, what is annoying is whenever it feels like we are in a period where if the Kings don't win the first period, then they lose the game. And I feel like that's probably the most frustrating thing about watching these games is that they're not finding a way to really get back in it. The Hurricanes game, they kind of found an opportunity because they brought it to 3-2 and they still had you know, a decent amount of time left. But for like the game against Detroit, everybody was like, well, they're down for nothing. They're not coming back from this. And the game against Pittsburgh, when they were down like two goals in the first period, it was like, I don't know if they're going to come back from that. So I think that part for me is the only thing that's frustrating right now. And um, if some of the underlying problems last, then I'll worry. Right now I'm annoyed, but I'm not worried.
1: Yeah, it's mostly the annoyance. It's being baffled by their play and the results. And annoyed by what's going on. But otherwise, mm-hmm. par for the
0: course early in the season. It's going to be fine. Some quick updates, I guess, for other former Kings. Lyndon Bay already has like four goals for the Canucks. The Canucks who are second in the Pacific Division, by the way. Also, Captain Willie Mitchell scored his first goal the other day. Yay, that's Willie cool. Mitchell! He did, however, also say that he thought advanced stats were a fad, and I was like, whoa, slow down. You're so handsome. Please don't ruin it. <laughs> um,
1: For whatever reason, that also just makes me feel like he is uh, even more of, like, an old man calling something a fad. Like, I, I know that that's, like, a, a freight. Like, that's legitimate. But, oh, what a fad. Like, that just sounds so weird and out of touch.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> so uh, I was like, "That's don't say that, but... But, you know, I'm still happy for you, you know, getting a goal and helping lead the Panthers to a couple of wins. I can't think of anything else I noticed with Kings guys who are in the NHL right now. Um, but I did notice uh, over the last few days a number of prospects news. So I just want to mention it briefly. Um, one that made me very sad was Valentin Zekoff. Apparently missed the game. It was weird. Like, I saw an update that was like, Oh, Zikov is in the hospital. He missed the game, and that was like kind of it. And I was like, "Wait, hold on. You have to, you have to give me more details. What happened?"
1: Like, way to drop a huge bomb and then not like follow through on it.
0: Right? Yeah, you can't. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves about like Facebook is when people like post random pictures of themselves in the hospital or like some like disgusting wound and with no explanation. I'm like, "I'm sorry. You have to tell me more. What happened <laughs> to you? Can it happen to me? Do, do
1: you still more have details. that hand? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like you just posted this like gruesome photo. Yeah.
0: I need to know more than this." So, it was a moment like that, but then eventually it came out that he apparently has a hernia and will be out a minimum of 4 weeks, which is too bad because I don't know. I just don't like anything sort of cutting into the development of players. Um, Four weeks is not that bad, and hopefully it won't be too much longer than that, because again, that's the minimum. But it's unfortunate because he is an exciting prospect for the Kings, but now he's injured. Some good news, though. Adrian Kempe, who has been playing with Moto, and actually um, William Nylander, who's a Leafs prospect, was their first round pick, is over there as well. Um, both of them I think have been playing pretty well, so much so that Kempe got bumped up to the top line with Nylander, because they're just so impressed with the work they've been doing. So that's good news because again he was the King's first round pick and you want to see that kid develop really well. And that's a good thing to have down the pipe. Yeah. I like to see progress. Um and the guy that they or the they traded Lyndon to get the pick for Roland McEwen, who's with the Kingston Frontenacs, apparently named captain of the team in the last couple of days. Congratulations to him.
1: He's very handsome. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he looks kind of like a Disney prince.
1: He very much looks like a Disney prince. This is just a random, you know, Sunday side note right there.
0: It'll be weird when he eventually, much like Jeff Carter, loses his front teeth or something (laughs) and ruins all of that.
1: That's very true, except we'll probably just be like, oh, he's toothless and wonderful. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, true. (laughs) Uh, He has, just to tell you how he's performing so far, six points in 13 games, all assists, no goals. The name... To, like to really spotlight, actually, in terms of play for the Frontenacs right now, is our guy Spencer Watson, who has 20 points in 13 games, 10 goals, 10 assists. Hey, that's awesome. But it's especially notable because last season, like even during the draft, some of the reason why people thought that Spencer Watson slid down so far was because they kind of were like, well, he was playing with Sam Bennett regularly. So can he continue to be a big producer for his team? without having this guy who was, you know, drafted in the top three. And it turns out, yes, he's doing really well without Sam Bennett right now. <laughs> and he is the, point leader, the points leader for the Frontenacs. So that's exciting because I want Spencer Watson to do so well.
1: I still remember us staying up super late, just watching every single, like, goal or play that we could get our hands on.
0: Hopefully there will be more of that. I mean, he's already got 10 goals. Make a highlight reel right now for me. Both McEwen and Watson were actually named to uh, Team OHL for the Super Series this year. So that's also really cool. I don't know. I'm excited to hear that the Kings prospects are coming along a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I'll pay kind of, I pay a little bit of attention to like the Monarchs games and stuff and see who's doing well there. Some good stuff so far. So I want to keep them all. Mostly, I'm the most excited about Spencer Watson. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Mostly (laughs) because he's the underdog. Like, you know, he was drafted second to last. I just, you You can do it.
1: Did we talk about uh, Jordan Nolan being suspended? Oh, no, we did I think we just mentioned it in passing, but. Right. Jordan Nolan suspended for a hit on, uh, or not a hit, but for boarding Darren Helm. Yes. Uh, in that Detroit game, yes. So
0: I I don't really have any opinions about the hit. I don't really analyze hits and stuff too much because I don't care that much. But I was amused by the fact that Jim Fox really incensed, has a bone to pick about this decision. He did not agree with it. He was, it was really funny because he was trying to talk about it sort of as you do like in the middle of the play-by-play when there's like a stoppage. So the way that it ended up happening was like he would say one point and then he'd have to talk a little bit about what was happening in the game. Bob would say something totally unrelated to the suspension but talking about what was happening on the ice. And Jim Fox would be like, yeah, that, but also about this hit again. Let me just make this clear.
1: Uh, I love how much passion and enthusiasm uh, Jim Fox has for pretty much everything. So it does not surprise me that he's like, okay, I'm glad that you're talking about this game that's actually happening, but let's talk about for, uh, this opinion that I have yeah. about how wrong Justice for
0: Jordan is. Nolan.
1: But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And it's kind of a bummer since... I mean, it's good that the Kings have a bunch of players back, so it's less yeah, uh, crazy, but, you know, we can't really have people just, like, dropping in and out, <laughs> especially for something that's, like, not injury-related, because, like, you can't really help that, it happens, whatever, but don't do stupid shit and get yourself susp- suspended.
0: I And I was just talking about, like, how he's the most useful as a fourth-liner when he can contribute a little bit to the play, but then also like manages to draw penalties and, you know, bait guys into doing things they shouldn't. Not when he's the one getting suspended. That's the what you don't want to do. So but it's only two games ultimately. So he'll be back real soon because he didn't play tonight and he won't play in Dallas. And so he'll be back when the Kings are at home again against the Islanders. So yeah, it's it's not that long. I don't think they'll miss him too much, because I think they have bigger problems that Jordan Nolan can't really fix anyway. You
1: don't think that Jordan Nolan's going to single-handedly improve the Kings' possession and also their offensive
0: slump? No, I think he would like to. <laughs> he probably has high hopes for himself in that way. And again, like, credit to Jordan Nolan, he's had some, some he's done some decent work to start the season, at least. Um, he hasn't been completely horrible, but he's yeah he's he's not gonna score them all the goals that they need unfortunately he he's
1: not gonna be the savior of the kings, yeah, no,
0: I mean, he has that messiah flow, but
1: he's got the look for it, but not the skill, yeah, unfortunate well, too really. bad
0: <sighs> now I'm just i don't know, I immediately started thinking of like mocking mocking Jay. Jordan Nolan, the symbol of the revolution, but not actually in it.
1: <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast to say the Mockingjay is still alive. And then, like, cut out.
0: I think that is mostly it. I don't know. Is there anything about other teams we want to say?
1: I am very sad that after, you know, kind of getting back into it and, like, winning some games, the Edmonton Oilers are now losing Taylor Hall.
0: Oh, yeah. I was so bummed about that. It, like, more upset than I thought I would be, but I, I am very invested <laughs> in Taylor Hall being able to produce and do well in this league. So um, that sucks.
1: Yeah, that is really unfortunate because we both like Taylor Hall. Uh, we I mean, who doesn't? Love watching him play. He's an amazing player, and the Edmonton Oilers really need him. And now he's gone until what December or so?
0: I think so. And my favorite tweet was the person—I have no idea who it was because I don't remember—but um, I think I saw like Doogie Two K like retweet it where it was like to like a Christmas song, Taylor Hall out till December, la 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 shit, <laughs> and that <laughs> made me laugh a lot.
1: Yeah, because that's that's some truth right there. <laughs> yeah, not looking so great, and uh, I guess. I feel like we might have also said this last season. I do not remember. So maybe it's just like, it always seems like this regardless. There seems to be quite a few. I think there's been like five suspensions in the last week. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. And then a ton of people just dropping due to
0: injuries. It was weird because I the beginning of October felt pretty quiet, especially when it comes to the suspensions and stuff. But then, yeah, like all of a sudden the past week or so it's picked up a lot. Everybody is like, let me commit an offense and get kicked out. I get that Halloween is here, and like, you know,
1: let your freak flag fly, I suppose, but... Not in the form of, like, elbows to the head and things like that. It's been kind of out of hand.
0: Right. Get it together, everyone. Tuck those elbows, please.
1: <laughs> it Keep your hands insane. and arms inside the ride at all times.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of hits that have led to concussions already suddenly. yep, It's been rough. There was, and I mean, there was the one hit in that Columbus game on Justin Williams where, you know, the dude pretty much like came flying at him. <laughs> but luckily he was okay. Like, the, it, it looked like he kind of turned it away that was fine. He obviously hasn't taken any time out. Although I did just remember, not related to his head, but apparently the, I, which fucking game was it? The other day when Justin Williams fell down and his shoulder seemed to dislocate. What John Rosen tweeted that the, one of the trainers popped it back in on the bench. That's gross, <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a time for Justin Williams already so far and but somehow he's still ticking. so uh, good job. Can
1: I just say that, that uh, this is unrelated to hockey, but absolutely related to um dislocated shoulders and ice, I suppose. um one of my like a very Vivid memory of mine is watching Todd Eldridge, who is a male figure skater um, from back in the day, uh, do go through warm ups and then like cu- like he hit like some sort of divot in the ice and then fell and dislocated his shoulder on that fall. Ooh. And then you he was like writhing in pain on the ground and then you saw it uh, relocate itself right back in. No. And then he went to compete. Yeah, that's horrifying, right? And so that's, like, one very, very vivid memory in my head. Um, And then he went on to skate his program. I think he got second or something like that. So um, there's a bit of random figure skating history for everyone. Jeez.
0: Uh, So that's something that Justin Williams sort of has in common with that guy. Like, when they were talking about, like, oh, he looks hurt, I was like, oh, shit. Not another injury to a guy, to pretty much one of the few guys who is – uh fairly consistently driving possession still. But he stayed in, he just had to sit on the bench and get his shoulder pop back in. Like that what? Okay. Okay. Sometimes I forget exactly how ridiculous this game can be because of the physicality. And then things like that happen.
1: And then I sit here like being super annoyed that my hand itches because I got like two paper cuts and so the itching is killing me, whereas someone else is getting their Shoulders popped back in and then continuing to play a hockey game.
0: Right. Yeah. Like this morning, I woke up a little sore because I guess I was just partying too hard last night. and (laughs) I was severely annoyed about it. And I have had no real struggle. So, you know, Uh... props to Justin Williams and all those guys who hang in there. They continue to I mean, I don't know, except unless it's one of those things where it's like you probably should get medical attention and you don't, then you're stupid. But if you're yes, you're seriously but. fine, if you're just like, yeah, pop my shoulder back and I feel great, like, more power to you, I guess.
1: How do you get to that level?
0: I don't know. I'm impressed. I need to figure out how to get there.
1: Because I think that's like a good skill to have in life, probably.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty useful. Not that I do anything strenuous enough to warrant oh, no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> but just in case, you never know. Just that sort of like resilience. Yeah. All right. I think that's mostly it. It's, uh, again, because they don't win anything. It's kind of a downer week a little bit. But not too bad. and Hopefully they'll turn it around, at least a little. And we can have something positive to talk about next week. Although there was some positivity with getting Andre Kopitar back because he's the best. So until then, take care of yourselves and we will talk to you later, friends.
1: Goodbye. Bye, all.